What does it mean to be an adult at work? One of the greatest tragedies in terms of prepping for becoming an educator and then a school leader is that you get the certificate, you get the licensure, you go to the grad school classes and all this stuff, and it teaches you things that you need to be successful. But interestingly, it leaves out a huge gap that is absolutely foundational to your success. And that really is about emotional intelligence. It's about being an adult, being a professional within your school or district. So how do you do that? Lucky for you, today I'm joined by my dear friend Jennifer Abrams, and she has just written a book on that topic specifically. You're going to love it. She shares many stories and practical tips. It's going to help you be a better you while you're at work. Hello, it's Daniel, and welcome to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, a show for ruckus makers, those out-of-the-box leaders making change happen in education. And we'll be right back after these messages from our show sponsors. Establish your legacy with Harvard's Certificate in School Management and Leadership. Learn from Harvard Business and Education School faculty as you develop the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community. Apply now for our June and July cohorts at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. Are you automatically tracking online student participation data during COVID? Innovative school leaders across the country have started tracking online student participation using TeachFX because it's one of the most powerful ways to improve student outcomes during COVID, especially for English learners and students of color. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. All students have an opportunity to succeed with Organized Binder, who equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning, whether that's in a distance, hybrid, or traditional educational setting. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. Hey, Ruckus Makers. I'm joined again by Jennifer Abrams. I, I don't know, this might be three or four visits now on the podcast. Um I still remember, you know, I feel like a, <laughs> like an old man talking about when I, you know, knew you when you were younger, but I, I remember recording our first episode because it was different. Most of my shows I've recorded uh, virtually over Zoom for years and we did it face to face. And uh, I just, I was, uh, I admired your presence. Uh, I enjoyed your stories and I'm so thankful that we've known each other all these years now. So uh, that was a bit of like the you know, my bio for you, I guess, but here's the official one. So formerly a high school English teacher and a new teacher coach in Palo Alto Unified School District, Jennifer Abrams is currently a communications consultant who works with educators and others on new teacher and employee support, being generationally savvy, effective collaboration skills, having hard conversations, and creating identity-safe workplaces. Jennifer's publications include having hard conversations, 
the multi-generational workplace, communicate, collaborate, and create community, hard conversations unpacked, the who's, when's, and what ifs, and swimming in the deep end, four foundational skills for leading successful school initiatives. And her newest book is Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. Jennifer has been invited to keynote, facilitate, and coach worldwide from the U.S. to Africa, from Asia to Europe, from Australia to South America. And she is honored to have been named one of the 18 women all K-12 educators should know by Education Week's Finding Common Ground blog. More about Jennifer's work can be found at her website, jenniferabrams.com, and on Twitter at Jennifer Abrams. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you, Danny. Nice to see you, hear you again. Always good to be here. So I think the first question, you know, you, you've been prolific in your creation of, of content and books and the way you serve uh, leaders and then educators. And why, why do you keep showing up like working? You know what I mean? Like writing a book. Whoa, this is this is not easy. So but you keep doing it. So what's going on here? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Why do I keep showing up? I think that I write for two reasons. I write to learn something and I write because I see I see a need. So my first book was having hard conversations. And as I say, and I say it every book. So this is my learning, I guess. I just show up in the world, do this. I have a credential in how to teach students the subject of English. I don't have a credential in how to talk effectively to other adults. And in education, our emphasis, rightly so, is with the kids. And that's our focus and our mission. And we have so much work that we need to do together. And I am guessing that as we move into uh, this coming year, that as we move into continuing to really work to, to deal with so many challenges that we as a field and as a world are dealing with, we need to work with each other as adults. And so what do I, why do I keep doing this? I keep writing to keep learning and to bring sort of this conversation back into uh, education. We need as adults to learn how to work effectively and humanely together. So that hasn't quite always happened. So I keep showing up to make that, make that be something that's on the plate. And I still am a, a work in progress. So that's why I do it. Thank you. I appreciate you, uh, you sharing that. And it is interesting. I mean, obviously, it's about, it's about the kids. Uh, I have a dear friend, Fran McGreevy, though, and he, he talks about how uh, the quality of the school is directly connected to the quality of relationships within the building and relationships among the adults, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think one of the things I enjoyed most about this book is the exploration, uh, you know, and hearing sort of you growing up in, in these markers that we have that mean like, okay, we've crossed this milestone. We're now an adult, yet we still have so much to learn on how to be an adult, right? And interact with other adults. So I know you're super excited about this, this new book. And I know the inspiration a bit about, you know, your continuous learning journey. Yeah. But why, why now with like how to be an adult? I had a marker happen that we many, well, we all will go through most likely is that I, I lost my, uh, my father. I had lost my mother a number of years ago and all of a sudden I was the adult, the elder in my family. And I thought, well, ugh, I don't know how to 
be an adult yet. Um, and I'm now currently uh, sitting here at 54 years old. And I thought, well, if not now, when? I have to start to be the elder. And I talked to my friend Barbara and she said, you're eldering. You're eldering. You have to learn how to develop into somebody that you will feel proud that you have been, you know? And I thought, well, educators, we don't have like a lot of time to talk about adult to adult interaction. We teach the students all the time. And then we get into these meetings and I thought, wow, I need to like spend even more time than just the after school workshop or the staff meeting, that kind of work. I need to actually learn about uh, what it means to develop as adults. We think you're 26, you're off your dad or mom's insurance. Now you're an adult or you're, uh, you got the job. You're now uh, a teacher in second grade or you're whatever. Now we just expect you to be a professional. And I thought we've known, and this is the frustration. We know people are kind of not so great sometimes. They're not their best selves in these after school meetings. They're not the person that you'd want to collaborate with. And I thought that is part of their development and their maturity and their journey. But it's also that we don't give it emphasis. We don't, um, we don't study how to be better. And so that's really where this came from. How do we develop? And so it's not the, the thing is growing up at work and the up is in parentheses. I'm not deliberately trying to be really obnoxious and cheeky and go, you need to grow up because we are the adults in the schools. But I also know that we can still grow. And that's where I want us to stretch ourselves. Then, you know, you're not always your best adult self. So what does that look like? So that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. That's why I showed up to do it. And I'm on a work in progress. I am not saying this is the be all and end all. This is a book that asks us all to participate in each other's uh, development. So um, this isn't a read this and you'll be an adult. This is, this is just a, a study and, and how can we take a look at how we can grow. I think that comes through quite well in the book too. And, and you uh, also challenge a reader to, to think proactively, what, what's the insight here? You know, what's, what sticks out to you? How are you going to apply it? And I really appreciate that. You know, you mentioned, um, you mentioned your father and, I know he shared uh, a verse with you uh, from Micah six eight, which is uh, that's a you know it's a heavy, challenging verse, and you know I want to bring I want to bring it into this conversation, uh, just because I think it'll have people thinking you know about bigger outside of themselves and what they're doing as a school leader and as a ruckus maker. Yeah, he. So I am uh, I'm Jewish. Uh, I I had a bat mitzvah. And I'm standing on the bima, or as many people would know, the pulpit. And my father is speaking to me and he says, I, I, I wish for you in your adulthood that you live the words of Micah. You act justly, you love mercy, and you walk humbly with your God. So I'm listening to him. I'm 13. I haven't gotten my braces yet. I'm just figuring out how to wear pantyhose. And I'm like, this is heavy lifting. You know, this is really heavy lifting. But as... You know, so now we're 40 years out. I just turned 54. So 40 years later, have I tried to act justly? Have I tried to love mercy and be compassionate? Have I tried to uh, be more humble and get that, you know, I'm just one piece, 
you know, one person in this whole thing. And it's like, yes. And I still have a lot more to do. Right. So this book definitely just says, you know, we're, we're individuals developing. We're also part of a collective. How are you offering things to the collective? How are you a value add and how do you receive and have people support your development? And so I'm always working that I'm always working that. And so it's, um, he's, he's a part of me. And so I hope I, I hope he's looking down and thinking good for you, Jenny. And he's the only one who can call me Jenny minus a guy named Jacques who lives in, um, who lives in Hong Kong, who can say Mademoiselle Jenny, but that's it. So my dad and Jacques, but he would, he would probably look down and say, good for you, Jenny. So I'm, I'm, I'm feeling good. I think he would too. I'd love to invite you to, to uh, give us an overview of, of the five facets of growing up at work. That's something I know you discuss. Yeah. So I tried to kind of put it into buckets, like where, which parts of us do we need to develop? Where do we need to grow up? And these are not, you know, inclusive of everything, but they include to know your identity, to be really mindful of how your upbringing and your, um, and the way that you see the world is, is one way and to know where you're coming from and how that impacts other people and how you can work to make sure that you see other people's identities. The second one is to suspend certainty. I was angry at Adam Grant, who just wrote a book called Think Again, because he just snuck up in there and and did the same idea. But that idea that you don't have the only way you need to, um, you can advocate, but you need to inquire. And where are you missing some things? So suspend your certainty that you've got the right way. To take responsibility, to take responsibility for your work, but also for your language and how you interact. So how many times have we seen somebody get really frustrated that they're unclear and then they get angry? I don't understand what's going on. Why is this happening? This is not right. I don't, it's just too fuzzy. Maybe you could see clarification in a purposeful or focused way. Or if you have a concern, how do you express that before it becomes a complaint and you start to be whiny? Or if you need to, you've been hurt by something, how do you have a hard conversation about that? So all of that taking responsibility for your language. And then two more, engage in reciprocity, which I is, I'm fascinated by this. And I was just on a, a conversation that was also talking about the collective, that we need to believe part of our job is to engage with the other adults in a mutually respectful way and to be a value add uh, to the group and to open yourself up so the group is a value add to you. And engaging in reciprocity presumes a level of mutual respect and a skill set to live that respect out loud uh, to other adults. And then the last one is to build your resiliency. And I'm not thinking resiliency, I guess I'm not, I'm not giving it short shrift. I'm not saying we shouldn't uh, work on self-care. We shouldn't take care of ourselves and our well-being. I'm, I'm focusing it on if somebody gives you some feedback that's hurtful, how do you sustain yourself in that moment? If you are not feeling psychologically sort of, you're feeling a little shaky how can you still go into an interaction with another adult and not kind of ooze that drama onto them so that you are building your, your, 
your strength, your bandwidth to be able to deal with disappointment and uh, all the challenges. And it's not that we can't be uh, connected and we shouldn't be vulnerable, but there is sort of um, that open heart and strong back that we need to be able to have. So those are the five parts. And then I started writing self-assessments and continuums and exercises and did some videos. And I'm just really interested in how people see this and what I can learn around these five parts. So that's what's in the book. I'll say too, the videos were a nice touch. Uh, I I really enjoyed clicking on those and seeing your smiling face, uh, telling a story, (laughs) you know, that was, that was interesting or challenging and thought provoking. Uh, And so I think, I know your readers will, will really enjoy that as well. And I think it's also just you um, practicing what you preach and, and uh, modeling, you know, this this continuous path of growth. And, and so I think that's another question I'd love to ask. I'm just curious, what are you working on these days to develop yourself? So I was, uh, yeah, I, you heard my boo, you know, coming up because it's it's always a work in progress. I am... I'll give you just what I was doing right before I was on here. I was on with a a group uh, from South Africa. I was not presenting. I was a participant in this. And they were talking about Stephen Biko, who talked, you know, who, you know, Cry Freedom was a a movie that we, we saw here in the States about his fight for black consciousness and black liberation and ultimately was, uh, was murdered. Um, and so he, they were talking about Stephen Biko's idea of inner freedom and how can we amidst the societies that we're in, how can we still sort of self-author at least how we see ourselves and, and get courage to sort of move in, in our world. So I was just in that for two hours before I, I came on this uh, podcast. But I'm doing a lot of study around adult development and my own development. And I'm working with a group called Cultivating Leadership. And I'm also doing a lot of meditation and grounding myself with Meg Wheatley. And Meg Wheatley uh, is uh, doing some work called Warriors for the Human Spirit. And how can we be really strong people for this time? And so all of that's happening. And, you know, and my editor is saying to me, so how are you marketing the book? And how are you doing that? So as I'm holding my own development and then how can I do my work? So it's, it's a both and kind of thing. Yeah, it's a, I think, you know, I just want to say this too, right? Cause there's a lot of ruckus makers who I'm sure aspire to write a book yeah. at some point, like that part, I don't, I don't know if, what percentage you'd give it, but that's a small percent of uh, the, the, the work, right? Because getting it out there and getting it into people's hands so that lives can change, like that's the real work. And that begins once you're done with with the revisions, right? And now now your job has actually begun. So yeah. Right, exactly. How about that? Like I, people <laughs> say, oh, celebrate this book. Celebrate this book. And I'm like, yeah, it's now in my hands. Now the work begins. Like now, how do you put it out there? And, and how do you see where it would land? And it's just, it's a lot of work. Um, but the two of us have in common some work with Seth Godin and the Alt MBA. And the answer is ship it. We shipped it. And now how do we, we produced it now, how are we going to really make it sing and be out there? So. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. And for the ruckus maker listening, just like a quick, just challenge and reflection question. What are you doing to develop yourself? So I really appreciate Jennifer's candor and talking about what she's working on, but what are you working on? Uh, and then to all my South African friends, since you brought up South Africa. So Francois, Man- Manla, Lawazi, if you're listening, uh, Kuya Hanjwa, this is your friend, Alula Mile. Okay. Well, let's pause here just for a quick break. Uh, and a message from our sponsors. When we come back, I'd love to talk about core values. Learn the frameworks, skills, and knowledge you need to drive change improvement in your learning community with Harvard's online certificate in school management and leadership. A joint collaboration between the Harvard Graduate School of Education and Harvard Business School. Connect and collaborate with fellow school leaders as you address your problems of practice in our online professional development program. Apply today at betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. That's betterleadersbetterschools.com forward slash Harvard. Better Leaders Better Schools is brought to you by school leaders like Principal Gutierrez using TeachFX. Special populations benefit the most from verbally engaging in class, but get far fewer opportunities to do so than their peers, especially in virtual classes. TeachFX measures verbal engagement automatically in virtual or in-person classes to help schools and teachers address these issues of equity during COVID. Learn more and get a special offer from Better Leaders, Better Schools listeners at teachfx.com forward slash BLBS. That's teachfx.com forward slash B-L-B-S. Today's show is brought to you by Organized Binder. Organized Binder develops the skills and habits all students need for success. During these uncertain times of distance learning and hybrid education settings, Organized Binder equips educators with a resource to provide stable and consistent learning routines so that all students have an opportunity to succeed, whether at home or in the classroom. Learn more at OrganizedBinder.com. And we're back with my dear friend, Jennifer Abrams. Her newest book is Stretching Your Learning Edges, Growing Up at Work. And we've had a fantastic conversation so far about just like the journey of, of continuous growth and figuring out how to be an adult. A big part of that, right, is identity and core values. I could talk for you know, years on this topic. I, I love it. But I'd love you. I, I'd like to invite you to share a practical tip with the Ruckus Maker listening on how they might go about identifying what they stand for and why it matters. That's a really good question. Cause I was, I was just, when you said, let's talk about core values. I'm like, where are my core values? I did a workshop a, a while back at the beginning, at the beginning of the, the, the COVID times uh, with a, uh, a coach named Jen Lemon in, and she had us sort of take a look at a, a set of values and bring it down and bring it down and bring it down and then get to three, you know, and in my book, I do have a set of core values. Many, many people do this work, but then put it somewhere in front of you on your on your, um, your laptop on, I, I had it for many, many months posted on my zoom, <laughs> my zoom light. And is what you're doing that moment aligned with what you believe in? And, and if it isn't, should you be, how might you make it come alive with that or not? And I'm noticing 
that my need for authenticity, my need for integrity, and my need for growth are, are sort of just always alive in this work that I'm doing. And those might not be the values of the, the people around me. Are they, can they then? Where do we kind of, you know, kind of um, overlap with each other? And this is the scariest thing I think about being an adult. When my values do not connect with the organization or the school, or they're going in a different direction or believing something different, I have to make the choice to not join that. And that I did when I left my school district. Uh, Now I went on leave 10 years ago. It's my 10 year anniversary of being a consultant. That was one of the scariest things about growing up was to realize that I was in charge of my life and how I chose to live it and did the, where I was to that align. And I went on a different path. And so I say that sort of more slowly, but core values are just, do you want to be so distant from who you want to be in the organization that you're in? And I, I made the decision now. And so I left and I am happier. I sleep better. <laughs> and I'm physically healthier now that I'm in a different position. Yeah, I didn't know we would, uh, we would go there. So I appreciate you sharing what you shared. Some that you said really resonated with me that you figured out that you're in charge, right? You're in charge of your life and that that has to do with growing up to be an adult. Uh, I'm just, I'm I'm curious, was there anything, I mean, it was probably a multitude of things, but anything you'd like to share with the ruckus maker listening in terms of what helped, what helped you take charge? Oh, well, um, a real tough love conversation with my former superintendent who said, if you're not, um, if you're, if you're not happy here, maybe you should leave. That happened a long time ago. That was many, many years before I left. I, I then made it work for myself, but I placed myself in conversations that really pushed me to make choices. My body, ultimately, uh, I was diagnosed with MS and that pushed me to recognize that I need to be healthy for myself. And I am. And having, having uh, a lot of, you know, uh, therapy, counseling, all that kind of stuff, but also not talking to people per se in our field helped. Talking to people outside uh, our, our field to see there are just other ways to do life, um, whether you choose to do it or not. Um, there are ways to live. And many people would just say, well, I don't know what you're still doing there. And I'd be like, oh, no, I can't possibly leave. And they were all like, we do this all the time. And I think just sort of being a part, swimming in that soup, swimming in that pool helps. So I think getting out of your, your day-to-day conversations, talking to people outside your field, reading magazines that are not just about education, but maybe Fast Company or Inc., or getting just recognizing there's a whole big world out there was really scary. And then ultimately freeing. Yeah. So I encourage everybody once it's safe for you travel, because that's a great (laughs) way to realize, oh, there's not just one way of doing things. And that that was the greatest single gift of living abroad was really opening my mind in that sense. And then I I love what you're saying in terms of um, 
busting out of the echo chamber, you know, industry wise. And that's, that's an edge I chose with the mastermind, right? Like we don't read educational books. Like we only read books outside of education for two reasons. One, I already know people are reading those books, so I don't need to force them to. Uh, and then two, to expose ourselves to stuff that works outside of education. Uh, and yeah, I love and doing I that within our community. <laughs> I love travel too. I yeah. we did not meet when you were in when you were in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's all right. I'll be back. So I think we will. We actually had, we're on a grant. My wife's on a grant um, for five years with basically the CDC of the Netherlands. And so, yeah, well, well it will still happen. It's just uh, hasn't happened yet. So uh, the last question I have for you, Jennifer, um, you know, it's interesting. You bring up this model called the scarf model. Mm-hmm. And I want I'd love for you to touch on it because, you know, we, we often think of things like examples and uh, core values and sort of like the positive stuff within our control always consider sort of like the enemies or the threats and the dangers. And that's so useful, you know? And so I I just love for you to expound on that um, before we end today. I think that there's a self-compassion that when you're looking at knowing your identity, I think you're looking at exactly what you said. You're looking at the values and the strengths um, and what you believe in. And also you got to actually know that you have some limitations. You have some human needs and to be really aware of those, not to beat yourself up with them. Uh, I have a cognitive crush on a guy named Dr. David Rock. David Rock wrote a book uh, called Your Brain at Work. And in that book, and you can also seek him out at davidrock.net online, he wrote about that every single one of us, when we are in an an interaction, uh, either perceive that interaction as threatening or fearful, It comes from our mm, sort of just our our limbic system. You know, are you a lion on the savanna kind of a thing? And the scarf model is where do you kind of feel threatened? And everybody has all five, but some people have more fear or worry about some of them. Some of us want the other person to honor their status. That's the S, your PhD, your title, uh, it's important to you. And I will admit, see, know your identity. I will admit, I like people to know my status. I have five books. I am an international consultant. You're not, a, you're not snotty and awful because you have that need. It's just also to be aware that that trigger is there for you. The second one is certainty. We want control. We want to know what's happening next. And if people don't have the C in scarf, they get really anxious and they kind of lash out. The, the third one is the A, which is autonomy. Some people really want autonomy. So if we tell them they have to do something, and I'm looking at Danny with his, with his um, I'm looking at Danny with his tattoo, who's a ruckus maker, let's be self-authoring, I want autonomy. If you want autonomy, you don't want expectations or requirements. You want options. You want ideas. You want suggestions. And I always giggle that that's my high school people. That's always my PE guys or women, my social studies teachers who like to see things and and make choices within there. You can imagine that the certainty people might upset the autonomy people because they want everything to be, I want it to land. I want to know exactly. And the other people are like, so you're constantly kind of pushing up against each other. Relatedness is the R. 
am I a part of the community? Am I part of the team? Am I a part of the family? Am I a part of the group? Are, am I belonging? Am I connected? I always say with great love, those are usually my elementary school teams. They, they sit with each other and they bring each other coffee and they celebrate everything together. Uh, and they, they are, they're the relatedness people. And then it's not that you can't be relatedness in high school, but I'm saying that's a thing. And then F, the fairness. And is this right? Is this socially just? Is this fair? Uh, it's the union. It's it's your equity people. They're really saying where where is this equitable? Uh, is this something that we should stand for? So if you've got people who have all of those different needs, they're pushing up against each other. And to know that about yourself, and to not be not to beat yourself up, but to say, whoa, I really I want to honor that this is just a need I have. And what is yours? And you can take quizzes on it. You can take, literally, you can go get a scarf assessment, but I would encourage you not to go scarf assessment. You'll get a scarf like the one I'm wearing. You actually need to do scarf David Rock assessment and you can see where you might have needs. And it's to be really aware of yourself and others that we have, we have to be supportive and we're not perfect. And we have these needs. Well, this has been a delightful conversation, Jennifer. Uh, I'd love to end just to hear you share what what's the one thing for sure you want a ruckus maker to remember? Your development isn't an indulgence. You don't have time not to develop yourself. If you don't, we're, we're, you're, it's just not going to, you're not going to have as, as helpful, I don't know, as, as fruitful of a life as a ruckus maker, as thoughtful of a life, and you won't live in the world with the same amount of ease. I would encourage you to, to energize yourself by taking a minute to do some self-development. Thanks for listening to the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast, Ruckus Maker. If you have a question or would like to connect, my email, daniel at betterleadersbetterschools.com or hit me up on Twitter at Alien Earbud. If the Better Leaders, Better Schools podcast is helping you grow as a school leader, then please help us serve more ruckus makers like you. You can subscribe, leave an honest rating and review, or share on social media with your biggest takeaway from the episode. Extra credit for tagging me on Twitter at Alien Earbud and using the hashtag BLBS. Level up your leadership at betterleadersbetterschools.com and talk to you next time. Until then, class dismissed.